The AAPA conference is coming up May 18th through 22nd in Houston. I'm so sad that I will not be there, but some of my favorite people will be. So I want to make sure that y'all know who to look out for. So if you're heading down to the conference, make sure you go by the Blueprint and Rosh Review table. They're giving away all kinds of stuff stethoscopes, seats in the review course. They're talking about how Rosh Review has joined Blueprint and what that looks like. But definitely go stop by, say hi, get some swag, tell them I said hello, uh, and it'll be a really good time. I'm sure y'all will have an awesome time in Houston. Make sure you go to Torchy's Tacos, my absolute favorite, and spend some time in the exhibit hall exploring we know that I love Rosh Review um, by Blueprint, and they have so many great resources. So whether you're looking for QBanks, pants review courses, now is the time. And usually there's some special stuff, so go check it out. Okay, today's episode goes over a lot, but we're talking about pre-PA clubs, and I'm talking to Jada, who is so sweet. And y'all, she turned down Duke. Y'all are going to think she's crazy, but I think she's awesome. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club Podcast. If you want to learn how to become a physician assistant, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Savannah Perry. Let's get to it. I want to thank My PA Resource and PA School Prep for sponsoring the Pre-PA Club Podcast. So My PA Resource is a personal statement editing service that edits only PA school essays only edited by PAs, and most of us have admissions experience, so I am one of the editors. Definitely check them out if you need help with your content, grammar, flow, making sure that you are on track for turning in your application. And you can use the code FUTUREPA for a discount on any of their service options. PA School Prep is an online course that focuses on the anatomy, physiology, and med terms that you'll need for PA school to make sure you feel confident going into that first semester and that you are able to handle what PA school throws at you. So check that out at paschoolprep.com and also use the code FUTUREPA for a discount there. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, on this episode, and I feel like the numbers don't show anymore, but we are officially on episode number, I have to look to, 151, so that's a lot. If you've been binging and listening with me from the beginning, thank you for being here. If you are brand new to the podcast, welcome. Our goal here is to make sure that we are just encouraging each other and spreading the word about the PA profession. Um, and really helping to answer any questions that come up along the way and share other people's experiences, all that fun stuff. So, um, I'm Savannah. I am a dermatology PA. I have been practicing as of, I guess, this week or last week um, for six years now. I've only ever done dermatology, and that's kind of where my heart is, but I'm in Georgia, and um, I also love coaching pre-PA students which is where the Pre-PA Club podcast comes from. But today we're going to talk to Jada, and she is so sweet. She, I think, reached out on Instagram or email, but um, we talk about her experience being the president of a Pre-PA Club. I know that there's a lot of um, changes this year in Pre-PA Clubs and trying to figure out what to do with all this crazy COVID stuff. Um, So we talk about her experience and how she had a, a really great club 
Um, and then also um, her experience getting into PA school and making that decision and trying to decide between schools. And she, at the time we recorded, she was she had not started yet. As of now, she has started and she is sharing her experience on Instagram. Um, and she's being very honest about it. And reading back through her post is a lot of how I felt starting PA school and going through it because it is rough at the beginning. So I'll um, put her handle in the uh, description. It's um, Jada Marie. Let me see, make sure I say this right. At Jada Marie.pa. Um, and so she is at Campbell now. But um, I hope that you enjoy hearing from her. And I think you really will. Like I said, she's just very, very sweet. So that'll be fun. Um, a couple of upcoming events. I think I talked about these last week, but next Thursday night at 8 p.m., I'm doing the second day in the life series um, of the shadowing series. And I know the first one, the replay got messed up. So I'm sending out a link today with um, the actual replay. I'm not sure what happened there. As I've said before, I'm not the most technological savvy, but I try. So um, I will send out the replay for that today. But next week, um, there will be a replay as well. And we are talking to Brian Palm from My PA Resource. But we're not talking about personal statements this time. We're talking about his experience as a nocturnal or night shift ERPA. Um, and he's had he's worked in some different hospitals and had some different roles. So I'm excited to hear from him about what his job is like. I mean, we talk about stuff all the time, but we don't ever really talk about our jobs that much. So it'll be fun for me too. Um, and so that would be great. Um, the, dis the link to register is in the description. Um, so check that out. And then I'll talk about this a little bit more, but on September 13th, I'm actually doing a um, meetup for pre-PA club leaders. And so I've mainly been talking about that in the pre-PA club on Facebook, the Facebook group, but I'll be talking about it more. And if you are the leader of a pre-PA club or have one that you want to send this to, whatever, um, let me know and I'll make sure that you get the invite and the link to that. Um, but that'll be fun. I'm doing a lot of talking to a lot of pre-PA clubs coming up in September. Um, I think I'm looking at my schedule and I've got maybe like eight of them. So that's really fun because I love talking to them. But if your club needs a speaker, let me know. Myself and all of my coaches are happy to, to kind of speak to your club about our lives at P, as PAs or pre-PA stuff, whatever you need help with. So, um, all right. I think we'll get into it with Jada. But thank you again for being here. If you enjoy this podcast, I would love if you could leave a quick review on iTunes um, drop some stars, help more pre-PAs to find us and hear us um, so we can keep spreading the word about our profession. All right. Perfect. Uh, well, hello. Uh, my name is Jada. Um, I will be starting PA school in a week and two days, which is super crazy. Um, I've wanted to do it for what seems like forever. Um, I went to NC State for undergrad, and then I will be starting at Campbell. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at, and I'm so excited to be here and to chat with you guys about all things PA-related. Yeah, okay. Um, give us a little background on kind of your education. What was your major? Yeah. Um, what was your path like? as far as pre-PA, figuring that out, and then getting into PA school? 
Yes. So um, when I was growing up, my pediatrician, um, she was has been my pediatrician since I was five years old, and I like loved her. I loved going to the doctor's office. I loved hanging out with her. I remember she would draw things for me. So anytime anything was going on, she drew me pictures. Um, and so since I was five, I've always looked up to her. Um, and then I got into high school, and she was like, "You can come shadow me in the summers." And I was like, "No way!" <laughs> so I started shadowing her. Um, and so after about four years of shadowing for her, I was like, I have to go into medicine. Like there's just no other options. Um, and I loved kids and I loved working with her. So I started to explore my options, did a lot of research. And actually my AP biology teacher in high school was like, Jada, you should look into PA. And then I started looking into it and I was like, wait, lateral mobility, less school. Like I was like, is this real life? Like, can I actually do this? Um, and so the more research I did, the more I found out, I was like, this is awesome. I can't believe I actually get to do this. Um, so I went and I got my CNA, um, my, it was after I graduated senior year of high school, going into freshman year of college, um, got my CNA through a local place. Um, I did a four week course and then we had a week of clinicals and then I went to college. So I didn't work until after my first year of college. Um, and in college I studied human biology. Um, and I also love nutrition. So I minored in nutrition. And then because I like to keep myself busy, I also minored in psychology because I thought it would be really cool. Um, and what was really nice about majoring um, or having minors at NC State, you could tailor your minor to be whatever you wanted it to be. So a lot of my nutrition minor was focused on nutrition and chronic disease. And then my psych minor was focused on child psych. Um, so it was super fun. And then I started working as a CNA in pediatric home health. Um, which I kind of like to call glorified babysitting. <laughs> I didn't really do much. I didn't really learn much, but I did get to really learn how to connect with patients and connect with families and work in a family dynamic, um, which is definitely new and something to adjust to. I would say the biggest things that I got to do that I felt like medical was I was changing feeding tubes and feeding and things like that, um, but nothing too crazy. Um, and then actually that doctor that I love, she ended up opening the first integrative practice in Charlotte, a pediatric integrative practice. And so the one day I was at school, I was actually sitting in my RA training and I got a call from her and I was like, oh my gosh, my queen, like the woman that I love and look up to is calling me. I was like, I got to go. So I walked out of training and I took her call and she said, hey, I'm opening this practice. Do you want to come be my medical assistant? And I think I nearly fell over. Um, <laughs> so I was like, absolutely. So that summer I worked with her and I got to, it was her and I that started it. And then eventually she got a nurse on board. Um, but it was so cool because I got to see the business side of things. I got to see the patient side of things. I got to run her like really small lab. I got to run that in a back. So it was just really cool. Um, really great experience. Um, plus I absolutely adore her. So getting to work for someone who has been my mentor my whole life was the most amazing experience. And then the last thing I did was I was like, maybe I should step away from kids for a little bit. I love them. That was really painful, but I was like, you know, I want to have as much knowledge as I can before I go to school. So I started in the down ICU in a hospital in Charlotte. And that was so much harder than I could ever imagined. Um, I was working with kids who were resilient and got better and were happy. And then I was in the ICU or stepped in ICU and that wasn't the case. Um, and I just remember like there was one day that there was like three codes back to back and they had us as CNAs, like we were the ones doing compression. So like I was doing compressions on this one woman and then like I walked out and literally go, ran to another code. 
And that was so hard because I was, I was not used to that. Um, and so through that, anytime there was a kid on the floor, like my eyes lit up, like I, I was just so happy. So I'm going to keep an open mind in school, but I think I'm going to end up with kids. <laughs> um, and then, um, I think that's, yeah, that's my experience. That's what I did at school. And then at school, we also had a pre-PA club and I went to that my freshman year, fell in love with it. And then I was the secretary my sophomore year, and then I was the president the last two years. And it was wonderful, and I loved it. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, there's a lot to unpack there. Actually, I love how – I just really love how the pediatrician, like, saw your your interest in medicine and kind of, like – help to nurture that. And I think that's really cool. Um, I love when my like little patients are super interested. I think it's so cool. Like, I think it was last week I had like a dad, he brought his kids and I was working on the dad, like freezing warts, but his little six year old daughter was so interested. Like, and I could tell she like kind of wanted to look, but like didn't want to say anything. So I was like, come watch. And I mean, she was right there watching thinking it was so cool. And I just, I'm like, Oh, I love that. Like go do medicine. Um, and so I think that's really cool that, that she, she pursued, like helped you pursue that when I feel like a lot of times opportunities are so much harder than that to get like where you feel like you're bugging someone all the time, you know? Um, so yeah. How does she feel about you doing PA and not medical school? So it's, 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 I have worked with a couple of doctors, um, and I, I actually babies out for a lot of them and I, I have gotten very mixed reviews. The one, um, doctor that I babies out for, she actually told me, she was like, Jada, I will pay for your MCAT. I want you to take the MCAT. You have to go to med school. Like this isn't an option. And, um, but Dr. Temple, the lady that I had worked with, she was like, absolutely. I think that's wonderful. I think that's a great option. Um, we talked about maybe in the future me working for her. Um, and so she was super supportive, a hundred percent behind me. Um, and it's great about it, but I've, I've definitely heard the backside of like, and I actually just made a post about this on Instagram that somebody said to me, like, you're too smart to go to PA school. What are you doing? And I was like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I have put this PA career on this pedestal for so long. And like, you're saying something negative about it. Um, but through that, I was able to kind of have a conversation of like, well, why do you think that? Like, why do you think I shouldn't be a PA? And their reasons generally weren't things that like upset me. They're like, well, you're never going to be the boss. And I was like, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was more so like, I like people. I love people. That's a huge reason why I want to go into medicine. So I like the collaboration of it. Um, and that's, everybody kept saying like, we shouldn't do that. And I was like, there's really smart PAs. There's really smart doctors. Your intelligence does not dictate what career you choose. Like you're going to be the best at your career and not necessarily with what title you have. Um, so that was, it was definitely, it was great when Dr. Temple was super supportive because I have adored her for so long, but it was definitely hard to hear from other people that were like, you're selling yourself short. Like, no, I'm not. Like, yeah. What do you mean? I love this. <laughs> yeah. No, I think they'll they'll always be kind of the doubters or people who really just don't understand yes. kind of the appeal of of the profession. Um, can you explain or tell us, I guess, what your schedule looks like with doing school and work? That's something that I I feel like people struggle with a lot is how do I get my patient care hours while I'm in college? How do I balance everything? Which I think like now as a 30 year old looking back, like I realize how much time you have in college that you will never have 
in your life again. Um, right. But, like, obviously you want to enjoy that time, too, and not yes. just be working 24-7. So what what yeah. did that look like for you? And that's definitely something that I look back on, and I, I kind of wish I might have done things a little differently. Yeah. Um, because I did. I was so – when I was in school, I was so dedicated to becoming a PA because I discovered it when I was 14. And, like, since I was 14, I was like, this is what I want to do. Um, and so I definitely poured a lot of time into that because I was really passionate about it. But looking back, I wish I could tell my, my past self, like, it's okay to relax a little bit. Like, it will be okay. Like, you need to work hard. But yeah, I might have – taking things a little too far. Um, but my schedule, I actually only worked full time in the summers. Okay. Um, and so when I was working in the summers, I was often working two jobs. So my pediatric home health job, I maintained since I got it my freshman year. And I did that on weekends and during like nights. Um, so that was when I was in the summers, I was working upwards of like eight hours a week. Um, but I was happy and I loved it. So I didn't mind it. Um, and then during the school year is when I really focused more so on shadowing and volunteering. Um, and then on breaks, I would go and work a couple of shifts and pick it up because, you know, for Christmas, you have a whole month. So during that time, I would pick up a couple of shifts. But during the school year, I really focused on um, getting involved with different things in the area. So I went to NC State, which is in Raleigh. Um, and so I was by Rex Hospital. I was by Duke Hospital Systems. And there were so many opportunities. So I basically went on all of their websites and applied to all of their volunteer positions. And I ended up, um, if anybody's in the Duke area, they have a Duke Regional um, Emergency Department Ambassador Program. It's a mouthful. But it's a really great program. And I recommend it to anybody that's in the area because you work a four-hour shift just volunteering in the emergency department doing whatever they need and then it's also coupled with shadowing so not only can you meet all the providers on the floor that are like you can come back whenever you want to shadow me but you also get to pick different floors to shadow on throughout the semester so there's a mother and baby we got to go on the life flight um literally anything that you wanted to do the only thing they didn't allow us to go in was surgery but everything else was fair game if you wanted it they made it happen for you um so i did that once a week and then i shadowed probably once a week depending on the week um but as far as work goes i really didn't because i was i was like this is my classes and i really got to do well in them um but that part of me studying and being a perfectionist in my studies if any of my friends listen to this, they'll laugh because they know I was crazy. Um, but it was because they felt like I had to be, and I wish I would have realized it's okay to breathe a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I'm in the same boat. I look back, and there, there are definitely some things I would change as far as just lightening up a little bit. Yeah. And, but <laughs> it's okay. We made it. Um, yes. <laughs> so, so when it came time to apply, what was your plan there? Were you thinking, I want to go straight into PA school or I want to take some time off? Yeah. So like I said, I wanted to be a PA. I found the career when I was 14 and I was so set on it. So I was like, if I can go straight, like I've wanted this for so long, like I'm ready, like let's go. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of got to the point where I was working as a CNA where I felt like I wasn't really learning anything new. I was going through the motions. I was doing the same things and I was learning occasional things, but I felt very scented in like I really just wanted to challenge myself and I wasn't being challenged anymore. Um, so that was a huge thing that I was like, I think I'm ready to start school. Um, 
And so after I kind of got to that, I was like, you know, I'm going to apply my first cycle and knowing that it is so competitive. Um, I mean, I had my hopes up to get in, but I also realized that if I didn't, then that was just a sign that I needed to keep working. Um, so I applied my first cycle and I ended up applying to all the schools in North Carolina, um, because I'm a homebody and my family's <laughs> in North Carolina and I did not want to be away from them. Um, so I applied to, I ended up only applying to seven because different things came up with start dates or accreditation status. Um, and you know, I was applying my junior year, so it was my junior year of college. So I needed it to start the fall after my senior year, the, the whole timeline of everything. Um, so I couldn't do the January start programs, which eliminated a couple. Uh, so I applied to seven I interviewed at four. Yeah. I interviewed at four was denied from two. And then by the time I had my fifth interview invite, I was already set on Campbell. So I was, thank you, but no, thank you. Because um, I had been on all my interviews and everybody told me to go on all my interviews and Campbell was actually my second one. And I was accepted and that was the school I wanted to go to. Um, but my mom and all of the PAs that I talked to were like, go to all of them. But at that point I was just, I was so happy. Yeah. I was so sad. I was like, there's no way I'm changing my mind. So I was stuck with Campbell. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So you applied, got in your first first cycle, yes. which is awesome. Um, were there any red flags on your application or anything that came up even during interviews that you're like, oh, no, I don't want to talk about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think as far as red flags go, the biggest thing was like my hours. I think that was the thing that people were concerned about the most. I applied with around 1800, but when you're sitting in an uh, interview with people that have been working for years, I think that was always a concern. Um, I did hear from a couple people, not during my interviews, but when I was talking to them about applying, they're like, you're so young. Um, which I've heard, but I also feel like if you're mature enough and you know that this is what you want to do, I don't think that you should wait just because you like quote unquote should. Yeah. Um, because I felt like I was ready for it. So I think that was a red flag. Um, and then the other thing I wasn't expecting to be considered a red flag. Sorry, my dog didn't let me let them out. So okay. I can't hear yeah. that. Um, Dog-friendly podcast. Yeah. Um, dog baby friendly too, so. Oh, yes. My one dog, she, she'll she stay with me. The other one's a puppy, so he wants to go Gotta out. Go. Um, but the other red flag that I wasn't expecting was they would pull up my grades and I did really well in undergrad and they'd be like, you know, you're not going to get these grades in PA school. And I was like, Whoa, yeah. well, I mean, I guess, but so that was definitely something that I wasn't expecting to be considered or to look at in a negative light, but it was always like, this is your grades in undergrad. You're not going to be able to get this. Like, how do you feel about that? Um, which is something that I didn't expect to even have to answer. So from that perspective, um, I think those were my biggest, red flags, I would say. Um, but other than that, I felt pretty confident in everything that I applied with. Okay, cool. What was there anything that you felt like made you stand out? Um, I really think my, like my personal statement and my letters recommendation, I think they were really strong. Um, because my personal statement was about one of like the most impactful patient experiences that I had. Um, and I know people usually pick themes, but mine was very just like kind of chronological. I talked about how I fell in love with my pediatrician and then um, kind of the experiences that led me to knowing that this is what I want to do. Um, and my personal statement, I wrote a story about one of the girls that I had worked with who had Batten disease. Um, so she was nonverbal, had very limited motor skills. Um, and she it was crazy because when I met her, 
she could kind of communicate in the in terms of like moving her hands a little bit um, or making some mute noises, but because Baden disease is progressive, so it was slowly getting worse. Um, so we knew it was kind of, it was getting to the end of her life and um, I was getting ready to go back to school. So I wanted to leave the family with something. Um, and they love decorative plates. I don't know what it was, but they had decorative plates all over their house. So I was like, all right, what can I do? So I spent all this time. I thought that getting like a kit to make a hand print in a plate was going to be really easy. It was not. <laughs> so I had to get everything from scratch. So I like scratched, we got everything, got the paint, got the clay, got everything I needed to mix it. And the parents were away. So they had left. And so I told her, I was like, Hey, this is what we're going to do. And I mean, I don't, at that point, I don't know what she was comprehending. Um, and so I got the plate and I was like, okay, I'm going to put your hand in it. And she sits with her fists clenched by her chest and she doesn't move them. And when I put her hand on the plate, she opened her hand, um, which she can't do. Like that, yeah. that was beyond what she was able to do at the time. And I broke down in tears and it was just, it was so powerful to see that and to know that like, to at some extent, my level of care had an impact on her. Um, and so I think that was one of something that was really big was I had such powerful patient interactions that made me so passionate about this that I think that was very clear. Um, and I think my letters were the same way. They were my pre not preceptors. Um, my professor wrote one, my, one of my bosses wrote another. So they were people that have known me and that have seen me around people. Um, and I think that was what really stood out. Okay. Those are all really good, <laughs> good points. That's fine. Um, okay. Did you use like any resources? I know you said you used the PA platform, which is kind of weird yes. to me, but what else, was there anything that helped you along the process to like figure stuff out? Did you have a great advisor, anything that you just like think people need to know about? Yeah. So I, um, through my college, I went to the career development center and I initially had a rough draft of my personal statement. Um, and I asked him to read it. What I wasn't expecting when I got there was a mock interview. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a planned mock interview. I got there and he just started drilling me with questions. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I've never, I've never practiced a question at this point. Cause I was just applying. Like I hadn't even submitted anything. This was way before Casco opened. So interviews were so far off in my mind that I had never practiced. Um, and so when he started drilling me with questions, I was so taken aback, but it helped me so much when I got to interviews cause he asked me some really intense questions. Um, so I definitely, while that was like my only form of a formal mock interview, think that they're wonderful. Um, and then after I wrote my personal statement, I used, um, the PA platform and my PA resource. I know you guys work together on that. So yeah. I did that with my personal statement and the feedback I got was so helpful and so specific and very much, um, I know that my spelling and grammar is not the best, um, but it was very content, like how can I change this to make it more impactful, um, which I think a lot of editing services focus more on the grammar, but this was, you can make this more powerful, this more meaningful, this reach more people if you change it this way or if you reorder it this way. Um, and it was great because it was done in a way that didn't take away my voice, but it also made it more powerful to the reader, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah, we're not going to so write yes. your essay or rewrite it. <laughs> yes. <But. laughs> so I highly, highly, highly cannot recommend more, um, using your services to reread your personal statements because it was wonderful. <laughs> did you, um, this is a question I see in our Facebook group a lot, um, mm -hmm. come up. Did you have it edited once and feel like that was enough or did you do the three time one? 
I had it, I had it edited once. Okay. And it did, I did feel like it was enough, but I also had a lot of people read it beforehand. So it was like I, polished and ready when you submit yes. it. Whenever Good. I submitted it to you guys, I felt very confident in it. Um, I had it edited by just about anybody that would read it. Um, but the caution I do have with that, that I didn't realize when I was, when I was writing it is I had people read it too soon. Um, to the point where like my friends and, um, some of my coworkers that knew me, they were like, well, you didn't talk about this or this experience or this or something that you did here. Um, and so I was very overwhelmed and I found myself getting very stressed about it because everybody had a different opinion. So if, if I can go back and write it again, I would write it with what I care about and the content that I wanted and then have people read it for flow and to make it more powerful or whatever, but not to say, use this experience. Don't use this one because that was very stressful. But yes, when I turned it in, I felt confident in it. And I think the one edit was enough. Okay. Well, that's what, yeah. And they don't understand like there's, you can't fit everything in 5,000 characters. <laughs> yeah. Impossible. Uh, <laughs> is there anything you would change about your application cycle? Like applying to more schools, less schools, just doing something different? I think so. I think I kind of felt the pressure that it was going to be so hard to get in that I kind of, I, I mean, I only applied to seven schools, but I also applied to schools that I realized once I got there that I wouldn't have been happy at. Um, and so I wish I would have really taken the time to invest in the schools and invest my time into researching the schools um, because I spent so much money on applications to schools that once I got there, I was like, oh, I'm not, I don't this isn't it for me. Um, so I think from that perspective, I think your school really matters. Um, I've heard both that it's like, oh, you get a license wherever you go. So just like go to get your education. But I mean, the reason I chose my undergrad career, the reason I chose the PA profession is because I, I really feel like people add so much value to our lives. And so if you can find a school that has the people that are going to put the time into you, I think it'll, it, as a result, makes you a better provider. Um, so if I was going to invest all this money in my education, I wanted to invest it in the people that were going to put the most into me. Um, so I definitely would not have applied to as many schools just to apply to them. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's great. I mean, that's great advice because it is, it is hard when you do just, and I think, yes, I mean, at the end of the day, you will have a license and be a PA, but like, if you're right. not happy, there's something right. to be said for that too. Right. Um, cause you need to be able to stay sane throughout PA school. Um, okay. I want to talk a little bit about your pre-PA club. So were, yeah. you were, wait, were you president? Were you, what were yes. you? Yes. Okay. So I was, I was just a member of my first year and then I was the secretary president for two years. Okay, cool. How, so, I mean, we have a lot of different, again, in like the pre-PA club Facebook group, we have people who have a pre-PA club at their school or their officers, or they don't have one and they kind of want to get one started. Mm-hmm. What, like, was there anything that you found, like, worked really well for your club or, like, helped get people involved or spread the word kind of thing? Yeah. Um, so when I for, was a member of the club, how it generally worked in the beginning was schools would come in and they would just present and it was kind of a mix of a sales pitch and a Q&A and sometimes they would bring students and that was typically pretty well received and it was really great for students to hear from different schools and hear what they're looking for. And then also when the students from the school would come in and just talk about what their life looked like and how they made things work um, and why they chose that school. I think that was really helpful. Um, And then kind of when I took over and whenever I was with, when I became an officer, we were like, well, what else can we do? Um, How else can we help students? 
And I think we found that having a mix of schools coming in, I think that was probably the most important thing and one of the most helpful things. But I also think it was helpful to have, we had practicing PAs come in. We actually had a nurse practitioner to come in to talk about how her experience was in contrast with the PAs. Um, we had different students come in. Actually, Lorraine, the PA, she Skyped in or Zoomed in to us. Um, so that was awesome and she was wonderful. Um, so I think just having a mix of that was great because then again, you could kind of, it was like a virtual shadowing, you know, you could see what their life looked like. Um, and then one of the other things that I loved, um, I loved Campbell so much and I became so close with them from working with them that we were able to set up like a, a visit to the campus because Campbell's only 45 minutes away from NC State. So we were able to set up um, like an NC State day at Campbell and it was awesome we had almost 50 students come wow. and they brought us lunch and we had there was a faculty presentation there was a student presentation they took us on a tour of the facilities um and it was just awesome and i think the students really benefited from it because they got to actually see like what a pa school looks like with people they were comfortable with um so i think that was one of the coolest things we did and to organize that we just did a bunch of like google forms and google calendars and then as a person, I wanted to make sure that things I was doing was the most helpful for students. So I always was sending out um, like Google, where are they like the questions? Mm -hmm. um, so Google questions or like forms whatever they're or surveys. Yes, Google yeah. forms. That's it. Um, I was always sending out forms and putting yes and no's. Do you like this? Do you not like this? What suggestions do you have? Um, and I think that was really great. And then before COVID hit, the plan was our last meeting of the year, I was going to do like an interview presentation on, you know, how I prepared for interviews, what I found helpful, what was thrown off, like what threw me off and all of that, which didn't happen. Um, so instead, I sent out a, a form again and I said, OK, what questions in general do you have that didn't get answered this year? And then I had a separate one that was interview related. What I didn't expect to get back, I had over 186 questions on just the Q&A one. Oh, no. So I was just, I, I was so happy that people were so into it, but I was not prepared for that. So that's actually what I made um, all of my PowerPoints on, which got me to start my Instagram because yeah. I was like, that was actually kind of fun. Um, <laughs> and so, and, and I had a really great response to that, to making PowerPoints that had informations on it, information on it. And they liked that the interview one was specific to interview questions. So then they could refer to that. So I think it's a mix of having people come in, creating resources. Um, and once people found out what we did, I mean, it wasn't, we met once a month. It wasn't super crazy, but it was so helpful. And then you had contact information from the schools. Another thing we did, I forgot about is we would have local um, practices and offices that were looking to hire CNAs or habilitation types or people looking for patient care hours. They would come and present and be like, hey, we're hiring, please come work for us. Um, which I think a lot of people have a hard time finding patient care hours, but there were so many people hiring. And then I would just reach out to different companies and be like, if you are hiring NC State students are great, please come talk to them. Um, and they did. And yeah. I was so surprised how nice people were and how many people wanted to come out. That's awesome. Well, that's my next question is like, how did you, how did you connect with the programs? Do you recommend yeah. talking to the director or the admissions committee? Like, Who's the best person to kind of go to if someone's trying to get something set up with a program? 
Yeah, so I will say um, I would schedule the meetings for the entire year the summer before that school year um, just to make sure I gave the schools plenty of time to schedule and everything was fine. And some schools said, hey, reach out to me six months six months from now, which is fine, great, whatever. But I wanted to make sure that everybody had that. And I, the people who I reached out to is I would go on the school's website and find their, like, main point of contact. So whoever came up first or whoever was – like the first person on the list, that's usually who I reached out to. It typically was an admissions counselor, an admissions coordinator, somebody to do with admissions. Um, and if I reached out to somebody who I came up with first and that's not who it was, most schools were really great about, oh, here, I'll forward you on to this person. Um, so that was definitely what I did. And I just sent them emails. And sometimes I would send a couple. <laughs> they probably got annoyed with me. But um, after two weeks, if I didn't hear back, I would just send a follow-up and be like, hey, just wanted to check in. Um, and if I didn't hear back from them, then at that point, then I just kind of left it go. Gotcha. Um, but after two, I, I heard back from almost everybody. And again, like they, I was so surprised the feedback that I got. I was very hesitant to ask people to like take all this time to come speak to us. But I think one thing I've learned about the PA profession is how excited people are and how willing people are to mentor you and to help you. Um, and they were, they were so willing and so excited I mean, we did entice them with pizza, but <laughs> that'll do it. <laughs> yeah. And it was great. It was awesome. That is awesome. Okay. How did you do anything to encourage attendance of the students? Yeah. So actually, whenever I took over the club, we had um, like a listserv that was set up through a resource that NC State gave us. And when I got it, there was over 300 emails on it. So there was already wow. a lot of emails that I was working with. Um, but we also... Uh, how NC State runs things is we have a pre-health club that's just like this really big umbrella and then underneath that there's pharmacy, dental, doctor, like everything, any health career possible is under that umbrella. Um, so we would have access to that listserv which had thousands of people's emails on it. Um, so if schools have like a really big listserv, I think that's a great place to start is to start with a huge email list and be like, hey, we're this pre-PA club, this is what we're going to do. Um, because typically I, we didn't really advertise for it, but like I said, we started with a lot of people, but I think the idea of talking directly to admissions counselors, talking to students directly was super appealing to people. I know that's how I, that's what got me there. The first time was that a school was coming to talk. Um, and we did, we always had pizza. So <laughs> I mean, if you were just coming for the pizza, like more power to Good, you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think once people saw what we were doing, um, they, it was it was really a great response because it was so beneficial. And then after the meetings, people would stay back. And so they would get your card or you would be able to email them directly. Um, and I remember like my freshman year at Campbell, um, there was one student and he was like, Hey, if you need anything, like, here's my email, reach out if you have any questions. And I was like, yeah, you're a PA student. You're really busy. Like, okay. Um, and he got my email cause he was like, if I have questions about how you do this club so I can help Campbell set it up, like, can I email you? I was like, yeah, of course. Like three months later, he emails me and he's like, hey, are you okay? Is there anything I can do to help you? <laughs> That's so nice. <laughs> you're in PA school. Like you're really busy and you're emailing me. Like what's happening here? But that is the environment that I found with all of these schools and all of these people was that they were just there and they just wanted to help. And that resource to students, I think, is invaluable. So it's just getting access to a listserv and getting access to the audience because once you once people hear about it, I think – I mean, they were always there. Okay, cool. So um, 
Yeah, that's really helpful because we do hear that a lot just about kind of the difficulties of getting a club Mm -hmm. kind of up and running or figuring out what to do for meetings and all kinds of stuff. So, um, all right. So you start school in, what'd you say, a week and a half? Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Is it going to be online or in person? Um, so it's going to be somewhat hybrid. They haven't really, maybe they have worked out the kinks, but they haven't shared all the details with us. From my understanding, we're getting split up into four groups and there will be two groups in the classroom at a time. And then you'll rotate what other group you're with. So we're going to get to meet everybody, but we're also going to be distance wearing masks. Um, we don't have our lab. Our cadaver lab is gone. Um, but from, from some of the students, they said that wasn't a bad thing. So I'm going (laughs) to hope that it's not a bad thing. Um, but yeah, so we're doing some kind of hybrid, um, and I don't know what it's going to look like, but because it's hybrid and we do have to be in, in the classroom at some points, I am moving there. So. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Um, have you done anything to try to prepare or just like taking it easy? Um, yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> um, if, if my, we get a mentor, a PA buddy, and um, she has encouraged me so often not to study. So um, if she's listening to this, I'm going to tell her to look away. Um, <laughs> But I did, so my program, they gave us a book, and it was a medical terminology book, and they told us that we have a quiz in the first day on the medical terminology. So I have been working on that book um, by just, like, I just went through and read it, took a couple, like, simple notes on it. Um, that's actually, I got an iPad for school, so I was learning how to use the iPad yeah. while I was taking notes. My dog is back. <laughs> <You> <laughs> okay, he it. got the door open. Uh-huh. Um... And, but she was very adamant that I need to take it easy and it's not the end of the world. And as long as I'm like refreshing myself. So I did that. Um, I also got the Netter coloring book. Um, and I, I didn't really do that very often. It was more so when I started to kind of feel overwhelmed of how much I was about to learn and that I felt like I didn't know anything. Like I would just color a couple pages and it, it made me feel like I was productive. Yeah. And then last week they emailed us a pre-matriculate course. So there is a time management course and then there's anatomy and physiology course um, that we have. And so I started working on that, but it's all very, very basic stuff. So that even, even that is not, hasn't been very hard. So I've been trying to take it easy, which is so much easier said than done. Like I, when I was in the thick of my undergrad, I was like, what I would do to have a break. And now I have a break. I'm like, what I would do to have schoolwork. Um, and I know, I know that in two weeks I'm going to be in the, I'm going to be in PA school. Like, oh my gosh, why didn't I just sleep? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be good. Some of my, um, some, I say my friends, people I've met on social media or done podcasts with go to Campbell and they love it. So, I mean, I think you're going to be in a good spot. Why did you choose Campbell? Why was that? You're like, I have oh to go there gosh. school. I I do. I did. I was like, I have to go there. And I had the opportunity with Duke too. And so people were like, what? Um, oh, you gave up, you gave up Duke for Campbell? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Everyone's so, mouth just dropped. I know. I know. Um, so I, with Campbell, like I said, my freshman year was my first meeting that I ever went to and Campbell was there. Um, and they were just so kind, so encouraging, so just wonderful all around. I just felt very at home with them. And I felt like you could feel that how much they wanted you to succeed. Um, and I literally left the meeting and I called my mom. I was like, mom, I want to go to PA school at Campbell. And she's like, chill out. You just started. Like, you don't know that. (laughs) I was like, no, seriously, I love them. 
Um, and then over the years of working with them, I, I worked with so many schools because they were coming to our meetings. And after working with so many schools, I just, there was nobody like Campbell. There was nobody that cared about us as much as, as from how I felt about it. And then also working in the emergency department at Duke, that's what I did. I asked all the providers. I was like, hey, tell me about what you think about these PA schools. And I never heard a negative thing about Campbell ever. I, every single time I like heard about a Campbell student, Campbell experience has always been positive. Um, and I liked, I mean, the 54 was a little, was appealing that it wasn't super big, but also wasn't super small. And like I said, I, when I was struggling with my decision, um, I was also thinking about ECU because it was so much cheaper. Um, I had professors and students and faculty reaching out to me, asking how they could help me. And I wasn't even a student. Like I was just accepted. Like I, there was nothing. And so for the, for them to reach out and to be so willing to help me before they even knew me, it was just, it just felt like home. And that's, that's what I did with undergrad. You know, I, it was between Chapel Hill and NC state and I went to NC state because of the people and I just felt at home and I felt so supported that I just love them. I can't say enough wonderful things about them. They've been so helpful. And even in the midst of a pandemic, like who feels confident going to PA school in a pandemic? Like somehow I do because my professors have been so wonderful and like, we are here for you. We're going to do everything we can. Like we have your back a hundred percent. And so just the personal relationship and how much they care. I just love them. They're great. (laughs) Well, I'm sure you'll have a wonderful experience. And when you, if you get to meet the class above you, tell Catherine and Sean that I said hello. Yes, love Um, her. She's wonderful. (laughs) They are great. So, and if you meet Sean's wife, because she's like the most sweetest, nicest person I've ever spoken to. Um, But, all right. So, anything else you want to add? Or where can we find you and kind of follow along on all your Yeah, so I did. That's what my quarantine project has been starting my Instagram to talk about PA things because I love it. Um, so I am on Instagram at jadamarie.pa and that's where I've just posted things that I've found helpful and where I'm going to continue to post all of the good and bad stuff that happens (laughs) during PA school. Um, cause I've found just watching other students go through it and like, talking about their daily updates and what their class time looked like and all of the things, um, was really, really helpful to me. So I'm excited to share it and hopefully help somebody else along the way. Um, but yeah, so that's the only place I'm on right now is Instagram. Got it. Well, we'll make sure we put that in the description so everybody can find you, but yes, yes, I'm excited to follow along too. Yeah. (laughs) And thank you so much for doing this. Yes. Thank you for having me. It was so fun.